All right, very good. Hey, first off this, we forgot something this morning. Incredible day, but we forgot to receive the offering for the Crisis Pregnancy Center at the doors. So what we'll do is we'll do that next week. Okay, I've told you to write it down. David, you need to help me remember this next week, that offering. Make sure we get that done next week, okay? And, uh-huh. Oh, I was going to do that next. <laughs> and another thing we forgot this morning was uh, Blair and Ryan had their baby on Friday night about 5. Was it last night? Yeah, Saturday, that's right. All right, watch this, watch this. 5.55, Hollydale, 7.13, 20 inches long. I may not be the sharpest knife in the drawer, but hey, I still got a blade. All right, very good. So anyway, so be sure and spread the good news about that. We got it out in the newsletter thing. And uh, like I said, we're very excited about that. All right, so here's the deal. So what do you do tonight? What do you do? So as you know, we've been following up the messages kind of like on Sunday nights with some other teachings that kind of correlate. And so um, I was going to say, you know, I, the next thing up in Luke is um, blind Bartimaeus. And I, boy, that would have tied in this morning. But, you know, we've heard a whole lot about this. I hope you really have thought about this, this area of surrender, this walling God off, this area of practical atheism. And I hope you're not comfortable with that term, but I hope you're going to understand the meaning of that term and how it impacts us. We could have done that. And uh, then also, and this is what I chose to do tonight, I said, you know, we don't hear a whole lot about forgiveness. And so I said, well, let's just bring, let's bring in another dose of forgiveness tonight to help us solidify what we heard this morning. Because the teaching we heard this morning was very hard and very powerful and very strong and has the potential of radically changing our lives. And you don't have to look at the teachings of Jesus very long before you realize he is a very radical teacher. And what you're going to hear tonight from Matthew chapter 18 is just one more of those times when it is totally radical, and he means exactly what he says. All right? So take your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 35. I think I've got the new King James here. Uh, at least that's what I intended to get anyway. Verse number 21, Matthew 18, 21 through 25. Now, this follows in context. Jesus just gave some teaching about dealing with, with a brother, you know, who's offended you and what to do with that, you know. Okay? But then it follows up, and we got good old Peter asking this question, okay? And here's what he says in verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and said this, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? And, and that really is an important question. What do you do with multiple offenders in your life? And notice here, by the way, unlike even this morning, the topic is not if he's sincere or not. Not if he's even, in fact, repented or not. It's just, you know, if he sins, what is my obligation as a human being, as a believer, in the case that Peter's speaking of, under the rabbinic law, if that's the right word, um, you know, what was my obligation? And then he says, up to seven times. Now, the rabbi, if, if Peter had gone to the rabbi and said, how often should I forgive J.R. when he sins against me? The rabbi would have said, you'll be very generous and forgive J.R. three times. That was kind of what the rabbis taught. Three. So when Peter says seven times, he really is stretching it. He's going, he's under the influence of the teacher, Jesus. And he's saying, you know, I really need to go beyond. I know I need to go beyond what the rabbi would say. So, so we're going to go with seven times, up to seven times. And, and I'm sure he expected Jesus to go, boy, Peter, that is exactly right. You're doing really well. But then, then Jesus throws out this number that's incredible. Okay, it's incredible. Here's what he says. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times. Notice, the, notice how strong that is. But up to 70 times seven. Now, you've heard this preached before, I know, but let me say it again. That's an infinite, he wasn't even saying 490 times. He is saying an infinite number of times. And it has to tie in what we heard this morning. It's just like God has forgiven us an infinite number of times. We don't want to limit on God's grace 
So we are not to put a limit on our grace with other people. Okay? Now, Peter was wrong at least once here. You know, did you know something? Peter assumed that he would not be the offender, but rather he'd be the one offended. Do you see that? How, how many times when my brother comes? He didn't ask, if I go offend my brother, how many times is he obligated to forgive me? Or rather, when I'm offended. And, and the truth is, often we assume it's always us getting offended. We are always the victim and not the person extending the offense. And that's true with Peter in this case. So Jesus decides to tell a story. Here's what he does. Verse number 23. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his uh, servants. So it came time, payday someday, judgment day someday, the time has come. And when he had begun to sell accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, I read in my Holman Christian Standard Study Bible uh, this week, and I was, as I was studying for this message, this, this scripture, I was saying, man, here's a way to express this incredible. Okay? Now, first of all, I'm going to get this right. Um, 10,000 talents. This is equal to, are you ready? A billion days more, a billion days and more money than in all of Palestine. Take all the money in the economy at Palestine and this person's debt exceeded that. It equaled a billion days worth of labor. Here's how you figure that. A talent was the, was the largest measure of money and it equaled 6,000 days wage. And then 10,000 is the largest number that can be expressed in the Greek. So if you put those two factors together, you come up with a guy that had this huge, uncountable debt to the king, equal to a billion days of labor. And guys, that is our picture of our sin debt. That was a good time to say, that's right. That is our sin debt toward God. It is a debt that we can never pay. That's what makes grace so amazing. That's what makes it so beautiful while we're fixing the scene. So, so here's this huge debt, and he, in verse 26, he was not able to pay. And so, so he said, his master commanded that he be sold, his wife and children, and all that he had, and that payment be made. So you're going to be cast into prison, uh, i.e., you're going to be cast into hell for payment to be made. Then look what happens. The Bible says the servant fell down in verse 26 before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Lie! Let me tell you something. We live a long time sometimes. Is there anybody here going to live? Ben, we're ever going to live a billion days? Well, in heaven, yes. Physically, it's impossible. This was a debt that was impossible, and yet the man says to the king, just give me time and I'll pay it all. I'll, I'll handle it, Mr. King. And he couldn't. He couldn't. Have patience. There's not enough patience in the world, sir, for you to pay this debt. And so, verse 27 the master of that servant was moved with compassion. Just like God is with us. He released him and forgave him the death. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. You are that servant. Come on. You are that servant. But Dwayne, I, 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 never, I never committed the big ones. I was, I was a good moral kid. I never even smoked a cigarette before. You are that servant. But Dwayne, I was raised in church. My mama taught me to read the Bible when I was five years old. He, she taught me in the quiet time. You were that servant. 
But Dwayne, I, you understand, I, I was a virgin when I got married, just like Joanne said. But what? No, no, no. You were that servant. Because the offense that you had committed to holy God was so great, it was a debt you could never pay. And God forgave you. God forgave you. Isn't that incredible? It's, come on now, y'all. I know you got a load this morning, but you came back for no load tonight. How incredible is that? And it's simply amazing grace. And here's what's cool. He canceled the debt. He didn't, he didn't put him on a time payment plan. He didn't say, pay a little along. You know, I was listening to Howard, what's his name, early in the morning on CNN. Forgive me for watching CNN, but nothing else was on. You know, but, but Howard was on there, and he was talking about the new student loan thing. And the student loan thing is that now you have a time pay based on your income. So that if you're only making a little bit, you only have to pay the government your student loan back a little bit. And if you, if you are, have a good job, then you can pay back more. He didn't say, okay, well, you're just now, you know, you're just getting back on your feet. We're going to give you a, look, here's a time pay plan. Just pay what you can a little long. But, hey, like, like collection companies say, just send $10 a month. He didn't do that. He forgave it. Come on. He eradicated it. The, the, the handwriting of the wall, Paul said, that was against us, he blotted out. And taking it and nailing it to his cross, he forgave our sins. That's incredible. But we don't realize that, do we? Because by now, the love has been saved so long, we're pretty good. And we forgot how we've been saved. You know what Joanne said this morning at lunch after, after church? She said, it was really good for me to tell that story, Duane, because it helped me remember God's grace. God's grace. See, each one of us, each one of us are products of God's grace. It's incredible. So, the Bible says in verse 28, that that servant went out after he left the king, been, been forgiven now, a billion days labor debt went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. Now, a hundred denarii, on the other hand, was about three months' wage for a day laborer. Now, this is a manageable debt. The other debt was simply unbelievable. There's no way it could ever be paid back. This guy has a debt he can handle. Given enough time, he can pay back three months' wage. So, so this dude that has just experienced this marvelous grace goes and finds this guy. I love this. He lays hands on him and took him by the throat. Now, he has just experienced incredible grace, and he takes this man by the throat and says, Pay me what you owe. Didn't that just rub you wrong? How, how is it that he could experience so much grace and respond that way? How is it we can experience so much grace and respond that way? Pretty incredible, isn't it? Pretty arrogant, isn't it? Pretty wrong, isn't it? It really is. And I think it happens maybe because of the difference in standards. You know, again, how we view ourselves with God and how perceived our goodness is. We lose sight of the fact that we sinned against holy God and that this huge debt was there. We see this person and go, 
well, he's a really big sinner and I'm a little sinner. So therefore, since I'm a little sinner, it didn't take as much grace. And so I don't have, you know, God didn't have to expend much energy on me. One sin and you're bound for hell. One sin bound for hell. You know, Jesus died for one sin, a zillion sins, he died. So, verse 29. His fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me. And now repay. Now notice the truth of that. Given time, he would have paid this debt off. It would have happened. It was just three months' wages. He would not. He went and gave him the same sentence that he was going to receive until the king forgave him. He went and threw him into the prison till he should pay the debt. Verse 31. If you're an underliner in your Bible, underline this phrase. And when his fellow servants saw. People are watching. Remember this morning? I don't know how much that you bought. But remember actually the last three weeks. Is it possible that America is the country that we are not because necessarily the politicians we elect but by the conduct we do business in the church. I was thinking this afternoon, I said, you know, if America if America's a, quote, Christian nation, and the nation's messed up, where's the finger point if we're a Christian nation? Sounds to me like it ought to be pointed at the Christians. I mean, is it possible that when people, the people saw that when people see our, our conflicting messages, that, again, a conflicting message sent to a confused society already, that they say, we don't want this and we don't believe this. When they, when they say we can't handle our affairs like Jesus wants, they say, why would we want what you got? If we are salt and light, and we're not shining our light, and our salt's not flavoring society, what's up with that? People notice. People are watching the church and wanting to see something different. Well, these guys saw really what they expected the world to see. And when they saw the servants, what he had done, they were grieved and came and told the master all that had been done. So what do you think happened? The master, the king, after he had called him, and I'm glad it's not like this way with us. I'm glad God will not recall our sins because he cast them as far as the east is from the west. He called him in and said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. I heard your cry, and I responded. Should you not have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? In other words, the same grace I extended to you, should you not have extended it to your brother, your fellow servant? And what's the answer? Why are you so quiet tonight? You act like this is hard. What's the answer? Should he have not extended that? He should, shouldn't he? Yeah. Because you know what I'm going to say, don't you? Shouldn't we? Should we not extend God's grace to others the same way that we've had it extended to us? I've got to tell you, that's what Jesus is saying. So what's going to happen? His master was angry. And he delivered him to the torturers 
until he should pay all that was due him. So the king reinstated the sentence and cast him into the torturers. And so it's not even, it's not even the chain gang, you know, the Georgia chain gang, the hot sun. It's a time of torture until the debt's paid. Which one was the debt going to be paid? Never. 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 And that's probably bad enough right there. But then Jesus says it. Here's that disturbing verse. So my Heavenly Father, so my Heavenly Father will do to you, to each of you, if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother trespasses. couple things. This is one of those times that commentary didn't have an answer. So I had David and he looked up on his iPhone. And he came up with some an answer. And you're not going to like it. So I'm, I'm going to give you the easiest answer I can come up with and then we're going to give you what David's commentary said. His iPhone said. My easy answer is this. What Jesus is saying is, is that so my Heavenly Father will do to you is that the torment of unforgiveness will pursue you your entire life if you don't forgive. I'm telling you, unforgiveness is a cancer that will eat you from the inside out. It will harden the softest heart. It will rob the most joyful person of their joy. I don't even think that's the right answer. I'm just telling you, I think some of y'all need a soft answer. I'm going to give you one. I think David's commentary lines up with what First John says, and I think it's what Jesus was saying. And that's this. If you habitually I wouldn't say it's a lifestyle. If you habitually withhold forgiveness from people, you've got a bad birthmark. And it's not a birthmark of the second birth. It's a birthmark of the first birth. In other words, you have not been regenerated. In other words, if you habitually withhold forgiveness... Jesus is saying it's an indicator that your heart has never been born again. Now, I will be glad. I'll be waiting down front here as you pick up the CDs. Come down and see me and give me another interpretation. I can't find one. It's so. Remember I said something this morning that I hope you heard. God's nature under the grace and under the blood of Jesus Christ is forgiveness. It's that way for salvation. We are forgiven because of the blood. Um, Jesus uh, made the appeasement of Jesus' death uh, consume the wrath of God. That's why we can be saved. But even after that, in our fellowship issues, He wants us to come back into fellowship with Him. It's His nature. And if we're not experiencing that part of our nature, if, if we're the kind of person that just holds the grudge... We need, to, we need to find a lie. Because I'm telling you, it's an indicator. Something's not a little bit wrong. Something's a whole lot wrong. I mean, it's huge. See, it'd be so easy to say, 
don't drink, don't smoke, don't chew, don't go to bars, vote the right way, la da 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 But I don't find these listed here. I hear that our, our forgiveness of brothers, Jesus says, is huge. And if we don't pass that grace along, it's an indicator of wrong birthmark. And that's scary. Now, can I rock your world a little bit more? Jesus has had to put this in there. So my heavenly Father also will do to eat to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive. I tell you what I hear sometimes. As a pastor, you can imagine this. I often hear people go, well, I've forgiven them. Did you have said that? I've forgiven them. I can tell you what they did, when they did it, how many times they did it to me, but I've forgiven them. No, you've not. You're mouthing words. You're having conversations in your head about them before you go to bed when you wake up. The very thought of their name, you can't, you can't even think their name. It's something that happened ten years ago and the bitterness and wealth is still there. You've not forgiven them. Because when you forgive from your heart, those emotions are released. All that's gone. And just so, time out. So, Dwayne, if I forgive a person, do I automatically trust them fully? Uh, no. This isn't about trust. In fact, like I shared, I'll share again tonight. Forgiveness is all about you. Because you're set free. But the one dangerous thing I see is, is that this lifestyle, this habitual heart, when we don't extend forgiveness to people, it's a dangerous sign. A dangerous sign. And isn't it funny? If you look at the, the Sermon on the Mount, and if you look at the teachings of Jesus, the things that He holds that's really important, we rarely talk about. But now, we, we pound the pulpit about things. But rarely do we pound the pulpit about this or some of the issues we talked about this morning, or last week, or the week before. And these are the things that Jesus talked about that we need to address. This might be that scripture in Matthew. Why? Lord, we, Lord, Lord, we, we cast out demons, we did miracles in your name. Depart from me, I never knew you. That could be part of that issue. Tim, I heard you dealt with that very good this morning. might be part of that issue. We, we do use a giant scale. Not to term well, to prove our salvation. But the things we put on our side to prove our salvation are things like moral goodness, which is a good thing. But things like forgiveness and unconditional love, the things that Jesus practiced and over and over again, they don't ever make it on the scale. And yet there are things that God says are important would you bow your heads tonight? Can I ask you a question? Who haven't you forgiven from your heart? I never met them. I don't know their name. But when I was about 11 years old, 
I didn't understand it all then, but when I was 11 years old, two men broke in and raped my 83-year-old grandmother and beat her to a pulp. They happened to be African-American. And for a long time, I held a grudge. And no, not against every African-American male, but that did influence it. And it was sometime after I met Jesus that I really began to let that go. But I held on that for a long, long time. And some of you have memories in your past, and I please, I won't touch some of the horrible things that have happened. I'm not, I can't go there. I'm not qualified, and this is not the place anyway. But some of you have some hurts in your past that you need to let go tonight. You need to forgive from your heart. Some of you have been wounded, betrayed, and tonight needs to be the night you need to let it go from your heart. Somewhere in your past, there's a pastor who really lets you down and you dropped out of the church for a long time and you finally made it back. But that memory brings nothing but pain to you and bitterness. It's time to let it go. something your parents did. Parents, something your children did. It's time to let it go. Because that's an unsurrendered area that God wants you to trust trust Him with. Like I said this morning... The Bible teaches in Romans chapter 12 that vengeance is mine. Let God handle it. I didn't say it this morning. Can I say it now? It's not original with me. But, but unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Someone will die. But it won't be your offender. It'll be you. We're going to do the invitation like we did this morning, I'll have Dave sing a verse or two. But I want to give you some God time. I want to give you some time for you to sit down and talk with your father tonight about this. It's really important that you examine your heart. And even, remember I, I said Wednesday night, and Jeremiah, I think it is, I quoted and said, the heart is desperately wicked, and who can know it? Your heart will lie to you. So don't take the surface response tonight. I have forgiven. Nothing's wrong. I'm okay. (coughs) Dig a little deeper. Let the Holy Spirit reveal to you if there is something that you need to deal with. And then let it go. Then lay it down. Trusting Him. Thanking God for His grace in your life and for the grace to forgive someone who's offended you. Now, God, I love you tonight. I thank you again for your word. When I think about this debt, this billion days, that was my debt. That was my debt. And you forgave me. Thank you, God, for that. My slate was wiped clean. All eternity, because of your grace and because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Thank you for that.
And Lord, the truth is, and you know what I'm saying for the benefit of these people, you know this is hard for us. We wrestle with this. So we need your help. This is bigger than us. This is bigger than us. And we need you. But God, I know this, we will never be set free. Not really like you want us to be set free. Not like Jesus said, we will know the truth and truth will set us free. And if the Son makes someone free, they are free indeed. We really can't experience this, Father, until we begin to forgive from the heart. So have your way in this time. Help us to be honest with you and to seek you. And Jesus, I pray this in your name.